welcome to another week of Cow Daily. Um, I have a new herbal tea. It's some kind of mad wellness blend because I'm, again, not very well. Had a bad night on the old illness front last night, but there are some shoots of getting better. So, yeah, we are again doing the thing. I see people arriving already. Let us know where you are, what you're doing, how your week has started. That would be good. Um, today we're going to talk about a variety of things. Um, we're going to talk about Brexit, Dover and the delays. We're also going to sadly talk about the Labour Party again, but what can you do? That's They keep doing some wildness and here we are to talk about it. Obviously a bit of hope as well. Um, and I will we'll break all that down, much like the stomach lining that keeps... Actually, not going to talk about that. <laughs> So anyway, who's a boot? Big Bob Grady's in, rocking the ease. Was us in with a traditional morning. Hello, morning. Carl Woodhall Cooper, nice to see you, Carl. Good morning. E, the amalgam of the two, bringing it together. All the best to you all. I am the internet's my cow, the CEO of Tory Enabling Limited. If you would like to support our work, please go to patreon.com forward slash cow daily. That's patreon.com forward slash cow daily. I've done that many times and I'm not tired and ill. I forgot how to do it. patreon.com forward slash cow daily. If you want to make one off donation or work, link in description for PayPal. Also, um, if you're watching this anywhere other than YouTube, please watch it there. It helps us monetize the channel. Also, if you can comment and like there, that's appreciated too. Who else is popping up? Joanne's in. E right back at you. Jacqueline's in. Morning, right back at you. Right, what we're going to talk about? <laughs> this guy, unsurprisingly, or surprisingly, I want UFOs as well, Joanne. I just saw that before I took the chat off. Um, it'll come. I promise. Honestly, it will. <laughs> I want it more than anything, more than anything you'll ever know. But what is this little dafty being saying? The little dafty being, Kirstama, let's see what the latest is. It's 21 seconds long. We've got 21 seconds to go. If you love it in, in, in the studio, I've got to sell them. She gets to bully. It's 21 to go. I, I hear Wh- whether there are tens of thousands of souls who do have to be housed. So 6.5 million pounds a day is what I read the current cost. Would labor support for the temporary use? And I hear what you say, expediting the process, which makes your figure of 1% is truly shocking. But in the meantime, using bases in Kent and Lincolnshire. Uh, I, I think it's inevitable that we use, need to use temporary bases, um, Nick. But I, I... Right. Let's see what he's saying there. We have Sir Keir Starmer saying internment campus for asylum seekers. That's fine. So basically, the leader of the Labour Party um, wants. Um, asylum seekers to be put in army bases, which just seems like a more rainier version of Tenko to me. For those who don't know, Tenko was about prisoners of war in the Far East, uh, probably Second World War, I would assume. Just having a drink, all your people, just bear with us. That tea's lush, man, I swear. Honestly, herbal tea, the wellness is real. So, I mean, I just wanted to highlight that. Um, that rotter is just saying whatever he wants to say. Uh, whoever's, I mean, Nick Ferrari sat in front of him. I better say I want to flog them as well because he probably does want to do that. 
imagine being the type of person right who wants to put people who are fleeing war and god knows what else and whatever happens to them on those journeys you know all kinds happens to people on those journeys and he wants to put them in uh, army bases and the sort of prisons and things like that i like that's the type of man you're dealing with so anyway moving on from this absolute folio what else do we have i shall share this tab instead um it's just something i wanted to bring up about um diane abbott but also i've even started talking like diane abbott as well but also the uh, labor right also and just the labor left and the up and the why is there even a left and a right that's the real question so this is what uh, diane abbott was asked and <laughs> I'll just be interested in what you got to say. And what Do you think Jeremy Corbyn will stand as an independent? You're well, a great friend and supporter of his, of course. I remain a good friend of his. And let me say, because I've known him for over 40 years, Jeremy is not now and has never been an anti-Semite, whatever you think of his politics. It is extraordinary that we're just going to throw him out. I don't know whether he's going to run as an independent, but if he does, he'll win. Been the MP for Islington North for 40 years, very hardworking local MP. And if he runs, he'll win. You'd back him to run as an independent? Oh, I couldn't back him because I'm a Labour MP and we're not allowed to back independents. Personally, your personal feelings would be very much in support of him, wouldn't they? I've been a friend of Jeremy's, I'd yeah. say. For you say he's not years. an anti Semite, but of course, his problem was that he was seen not to crack down on anti Semitism within the party. That was the issue. Well, that was the issue, but you know. Keir Starmer put a motion in front of the NEC to bar Jeremy as a candidate, but that motion said nothing about anti-Semitism. It said that because Jeremy had lost the 2019 election, he couldn't run. Well, really, if you stop people being MPs because they lose elections, mm. why is Ed Miliband still an MP? You Bit of a mixed bag there from Diane. I mean, we'll start at the end a bit there. I mean, she's quite right in what she's saying. Like, why didn't why is Ed Miliband still an MP for losing um, the election far worse than Corbyn ever did? Um, obviously, um, great that she's referencing the fact that it never said that in the NEC motion. Um, at no point did it mention anti-Semitism. Um, we showed that in the show last week. If you want to see for yourself the actual document. So, um, what gives? That's one side of it. Yeah, the other side of it for me is quite clear. Um, oh, well, I couldn't support him because I'm a Labour MP. Like, she's not going anywhere, is she? She's not going to support nobody or do nothing of the sort. What she's going to do is just stay there within Labour, labouring it up, doing Labour shit. Um, <laughs> honestly, man. So this was from Matt Kennard, uh, the declassified UK journalist, um, one of the best in the country, one of the only journalists. Uh, what he's saying is uh, Corbynism and Labour only survived for four years because of Corbyn. If Macdonald and Landsman, uh, John Macdonald obviously, and uh, Landsman was the founder of Momentum, if the Macdonald Landsman strategy of appeasement had been running the show from the start, the whole thing would have been taken down way earlier. If history had given Corbyn lieutenants willing to fight, he may have become PM. I absolutely believe that too. And I think history's showing more and more, definitely at this this week last week this moment in time um 
it's people's true colors are being shown it's a rorschach test i mean these are jeremy corbyn's friends and it's like oh well, i'm a labor mp i couldn't possibly support him and do you know what it is right like <laughs> the fact that it's got this far like if the boot was on the other foot and it was john mcdonald who had been made to like be the um socialist campaign group leadership um like standera that's not even a word but you get me point if it, John McDonald be in that position, I get a sense Corbyn would have maybe done the same. And that's like something that's like made me throw the brakes on a little bit about a lot of stuff. It's like, regardless of whatever happens next, it's it's like, well, solidarity is meant to be a thing that you just automatically default to, isn't it? It's not like a thing that it's like, oh, well, we'll just see what happens. And like, oh, you know, and because we've established like, you know, go to a folder if you're new here on youtube.com forward slash cow daily. It's called Should I Vote Labour? Just so we don't derail the flow of this show, um, go and see reasons why I've got a bay in my bonnet about Keir Starmer and all the lies and everything. We'd break it all down. He's getting a bit like Sean Connery there, and I've got to really bring it back into more briefcase wank territory like this. Um, so anyway, John McDonnell at the weekend was in Worthing. What was he doing? Terrific first meeting in Worthing of Momentum's organizing roadshow for local elections, inspiring speeches and presentations from blah, 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 other people. Socialists on Worthing Council. Are you a real socialist? Who knows? Are working hard in the community and making a real difference? Um, some cheeky young scamp has replied, beyond laughable, never use the word solidarity again. That cheeky young scamp was me. Um, this is Landsman, right? And this is what's been floating around the weekend, which is why I brought it up today, Monday. Cow Daily were here. Um, this A new party is just not credible, says Landsman. That's why I think Jeremy doesn't have a strategy. He never had a strategy. He never wanted to be a leader. Jeremy spent all of his life as a backbencher, which is what he wants to be again, given all the support to organizations and causes that he believed in. But I don't know there's a long track record of things you can point to that he has achieved much because backbenchers don't achieve much. Person who posted this, uh, Ed McNally said, incredibly bitter and undignified behavior. I'm inclined to agree, personally. Um, so anyway, Ben Sellers posted about this this morning, or maybe last night, I don't know. It's Landsman that never had a strategy, spent the whole political career, his whole political career as a parliamentary fixer. Unsurprisingly, therefore, he was useless at seizing the opportunity that Momentum presented, and instead of building into a mass movement, turned it into a clique disastrous. Um, Ben, I'd ask Ben like what um, he means by fixer and whatever, and he replied. So um, what he said was, when the 2015 leadership election kicked off, John Landsman had been working for Michael Meacher MP for some time. That was his base and his day job, from which he was able to do things like put slates together for internal elections, identify and offer patronage for parliamentary candidates, organize the activities of the Socialist Campaign Group, etc., he would ring you up and literally ask you if you knew anyone who wanted to stand for X seat. I don't say that particularly neg negatively, by the way. In the absence of any large-scale democratic organization on the left of the party, somebody probably needed to do this work. But when 2015 came around, I don't think he could cope with the influx of people wanting to say and expecting to be involved. That was my observation. Anyway, I worked with him as my line manager for a good six months after Corbyn. And was elected, but resigned because I couldn't deal with the way he ran things. I've just replied, that makes sense. Thanks. And also thanks, Ben, for the comprehensive response. Nice to understand from somebody who was actually working there, had him as his line manager. 
Um, this is Jeremy's wife, Laura Alvarez. Landsman had a strategy to be incred an incredible opportunist and dishonest individual, but he's irrelevant and always will be. I'm not sure if irrelevant is always will be. Uh, we'll come back to Keith R. Swank later. Just a few things from the Labour carry on. The ultimate one is this. Nobody's coming to save where all this SCG mob, including Diane Abbott, are an absolute band of rotters. And um, as much as we were there for them, they're not going to be there for us. Okay, there you go. That's it. Done. Um, I'll be interested to see what move Jeremy makes going forward, but it must be kind of hard watching all your friends like sell you out like in the way that they have with him. Maybe he doesn't even feel sold out. Maybe he just completely wants to be back within the Labour Party and the trap door goes up. And if, if nothing happened, because what would be the point in him then? I don't know. I'm not actually privy to what happens next, but anything short of a new party for me is just like madness at this point. I mean, at some points you've got to just reject your friends because sometimes your friends are full of shit. It's hard how it goes hope you hopefully you do that jeremy if not plan b is gotta do it ourselves haven't we so that's a thing that we need to really just bear in mind and do um i did see certain things flying around one of them was this um i don't know what the source is i'm going to assume it was somebody to do with the breakthrough party because it's an orange and white um so what it's saying is you want a political system by the people for the people here's a three-point plan one, vote for People's Alliance of the Left or Tusk or the SNP or a left independent or the Green Party. Number two, force a hung parliament. Number three, break the duopoly. Um, it's a reasonable enough pla three-point plan as I've seen. It, we've got nothing else. Um, we're not being like shown or given anything else. So I honestly do not have a Scooby-Doo which way forward. But I'm certainly tired of waiting around in limbo for Jeremy to pull the trigger on something. Um, that I know to be true. Just about to have a drink, two seconds. Let's see what's going on in the comments. Who's a boot? Read. Um, right. Where are we? I'm trying to catch up with a, a, a so-called cunning plan. Um, Graham Neal's in. Hello, Graham. What kind of human rights lawyer was Keith again? A liar. We're, and we're going to actually do like a who is the real Keir Starmer bit. And I'm just working on it at the minute. There's a load of it. Um, so much um, lies, but also um, quotes from people in his past. It'd be interesting if somebody was to do an unauthorized biography. Um, but in the meantime... Yes. So what we're saying is, do 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 do. So Jacqueline's saying that report is just so they know damn well she'd get expelled or something and deliberately try to trap her like that. I do understand the word, and they're all going to deliberately try and trap her like that. And uh, do you know what? I hope it is. She's got the ultimate poker face, and I'm just sitting here, and then all of a sudden they're all going to like walk out like the a, a big scene in star wars hand in hand going yeah we've all had enough the labor party we've all resigned and here's the new party and this is what we're doing it's not going to happen though is it is it sadly so there you go um jacqueline's also saying you might feel that we need as many socialists in the house comes as possible other socialist parties need a seat at the table but it hasn't happened yet he probably might feel that, but it's not working and it hasn't worked for um, the 40 years that he's been there because we don't have poverty anywhere near to be eradicated. I do see um, if Jeremy does take that route and the SCG is an impediment to progress for working class people um, because they would be part of the Labour Party and the Labour Party demonstrably is and they'd be, if they're allowed to stay, which is a 
crazy thing in itself just be some kind of like left wing beard much like um john um prescott was for blair you know people like the cars and they like the the, the stuff don't they so yeah i mean <laughs> i mean personally i i wouldn't want to be alongside the likes of Starmer and whatever but if they choose that that's what they are and we really need to just acknowledge that i think and move forward from that basis yeah um carl's saying mr c will probably hope to be allowed back in the labor if we were being realistic if he was allowed back in would he accept i think he would it's been his life and the this laborism um thing is worth looking into because it's basically the root of the stockholm syndrome so yeah man uh, Paul Daly's in. Hello, mate. It's nice to see Diane Abbott looking healthy this morning. She's the only one who appears to have any bravery on the exclusion of Jeremy. She does. And it is nice to see her looking healthy. And I do take the point from Jacqueline earlier that she's got to say what she's got to say. But I think the time for that kind of shit is over, personally. Um, there's people like literally dying out here and living in absolutely extreme conditions. And like, it, let's assume that they are playing a game. Aren't we just being the exact same as like the kind of liberal Starmer fans when we're like, oh, well, you know, it's just this game of 5D chess and da da Not playing it. Like, people with principles should be up, standing, talk, and speaking up now, and they're not doing it. So I really can't take any of them seriously at the minute, including Jeremy, sadly. But that's what I say, and that's how it is. So that's what I got to say, you know. So let's see what else we've got from this smorgasbord right in front of us here um just one more on labor before we move on to the next bit which is dover and brexit and whatever and it's just around um your friend red cooper friend i don't know um and it does tie in a, a little bit with the the brexit stuff that's about to come up so just make sure you're in you're not i'm gonna put you in though that we talk after this to know your position on Dover and Brexit, if I can put it that way. Yesterday, we had the Home Secretary saying on television that Brexit has got absolutely nothing to do with these awful delays, particularly with coach parties at Dover over the weekend. The port authorities have put their hands up and said, excuse me, Home Secretary, it's a lot to do with Brexit. We had an independent travel expert on the show this morning saying it's 99% to do with Brexit. Where does Labour sound on that? Well, clearly there are additional passport checks and things that are in place now um, as a result of Brexit. The point that Labour says is we've got to make Brexit work. And that means there should be proper planning in place. There should be proper work between the Home Office, between the Transport Secretary, between the French authorities and the Port of Dover to actually try and tackle this. Can we move on now? E, can you move on? I don't know what, you, what you're saying. So that was a uh, check out Saul Staniforth on Twitter. Just does absolutely tremendous work with these clips and um, just wider stuff. So it's all good. So basically, um, the point is there. Yvette Cooper, right wing hell pixie that she is, married to Ed Balls. Just thought I'd mention it. People might not know. It's an ecosystem with these people, literally like a virus. So she's giving it the whole, well, we've got to make Brexit work, isn't she? Um, and didn't they, that, that faction of Labour spend that entire time hammering Corbyn and using that as a, oh, yeah, they did. They used that as a rod. They're just more liars, aren't they? So anyway, um, they've got to make Brexit work. And we've got all of these sort of like centrist 
right wing type people giving it the whole like, oh, you know, they'll just sort it out afterwards. They're not going to sort it out afterwards. Shut up, man. So we've got a bit more here. And this is from uh, Simon Calder. And it's in response to Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, trying to say that it's got nothing to do with Brexit. So very interested in your thoughts on this one. Big argument between... You said on Sky News yesterday that this was nothing to do with Brexit. We can discount Brexit as being a factor in these delays. The officials at the port of Dover said, <clears throat> excuse us, you're wrong. It's, it is to do with Brexit. At least Brexit's a big factor. What's your view, Simon? Oh, it, it is 90, 95% Brexit. So right. let me talk you through this. And indeed, Natalie Elphick, the MP for Dover in the Express today, says this is nothing to do with Brexit. Some people would suggest that she and the Home Secretary are in denial. Let me tell you what has changed. So 20 years ago, we got so-called juxtaposed <coughs> border controls in the UK. That means the French frontier is actually in southeast Kent. And normally, that's a, a real blessing. You go through passport control. When you get to Calais or Dunkirk, you just, uh, off you go. Absolutely fantastic. Now, Dover Port, for anybody who's been there, is a very constrained place. You're squeezed between the cliffs and the channel. Very, very little room. It was never designed on the basis that we would have anything other than very cursory checks. And so, so that the passport control being in southeast Kent at Dover was because we were in the EU yeah. and it was quick it was to go nice, through. Nice we and had quick a deal. and easy. And yeah. normally, um, and I've done this many times, you possibly have as well, you yeah. just kind of vaguely wave the passports out the window. They if check they the did, colour and that's it. Yeah, and if they did stop, all they can do is have a look at the passport page and say, is that um, him? Is that a real passport? That's fine. Now, we asked, we signed up for this. We demanded to become third country citizens. That means we said, right. Um, this is you, under Brexit. This is because of yeah. Brexit. You've got to go through. You've got to check all the stamps to make sure I haven't stayed more than 90 days in any 100 days. Um, and you've got to stamp the passport uh, as well. Now, that obviously takes much more time, possibly four or five times as much and that means if you've got a coachload of people, instead of it just being a, a, a few minutes, it's minimum of 20 minutes. Multiply that by 300 coaches. And yes, they had more than they were expecting this weekend. And it breaks down. Finally, um, shortly after midnight, uh, they cleared the last of the coach queues. And actually, if you timed your school outing to the outs or whatever for today, you should have a smooth journey. Brexit. Brexit back again what do you make of that man so basically my take on that is so Ella Braveman's obviously just I mean it's just more all they've got left deny deflect la 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 so Braveman's denied it people who know what they're talking about it's going it's basic maths you know everybody's got to have this checked and we're through the go through the go and here we are so um you've even got like um the likes of Tory boy Pierce and whatever the uh fascist talking head should be fash boy pierce really andrew pierce from one of the rags telegraph um saying that like yes i voted for brexit and i'm still pleased i voted for brexit but you thought them you would think they might have had this sorted out by now so even amongst the most voracious support for this we've still got people like that um well shitting it aren't they because their position is becoming increasingly untenable but that's just how it is we'll have to watch them lie um, a little bit more here on the same topic. Just let this have a DCs. 
Reed, I'll just pull this up and we'll be off dancing with glory again. Of, of being in a post-Brexit environment means that every passport needs to be checked before uh, a vehicle or a passenger can cross into the uh, into the European Union through France. And that happens here in Dover. So it does make processing more challenging. And is the difference to last year that perhaps more people are traveling sort of post-COVID? Uh, we're definitely busier this year with our coaches than we were last year. Border force has been appropriately staffed, but now, post-Brexit, each passport has to be checked, has to be scanned, has to be verified, and that is taking a long time, especially when you can imagine about 50, 60 people on a coach, they all have to get off the coach, have their passports checked, if that takes 30 seconds or so. For that many people, it significantly adds time. And an interesting thing that he said is that the volume and the busyness of this Easter break is probably equivalent to what they had in 2018. But the difference now is, of course, that there are border checks and passport checks that did not exist there before. So, so there we go, right? You've got the Home Secretary in full denial mode. And now there's a secondary source, and that's the chief executive of the Port of Dover saying, yes, it's to do with Brexit. So we're in a post-truth world. I get it. I understand. But that's what it is. I don't make the rules. It's here. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just looked at the comments. Funny times. Absolutely class. So anyway, Brexit, Dover, that's what we've got going on. One thing I do want to just leave you with um, is just a little bit of the hope. We'll bash that on right at the end here. I'll just pull the first bit up though and show you what I believe it to be. It is this. Um, breaking, this is from Schools Week. Daniel Kabedi has been elected as the next General Secretary of the National Education Union. Um, he's actually from Newcastle. I don't, we don't know each other personally, but we've exchanged messages on th certain bits and bobs before. And um, any dealings I've had with him, I know him to be a good man. So I'm really absolutely pleased that he's right there and um, be very interesting to see what happens when he takes up his position in September, I believe. So congratulations, Daniel. Nice one. Um, Lizanne Richards-Cole is in. Heavens, people facing the consequence of their action, obviously in reference to the Brexit stuff earlier. That's totally what it is. And I am sick and tired of people whinging about these consequences of Brexit and taking zero responsibility for said consequences and the consequences of their actions. But it's just one of the many overlapping um, piss boilers that we've all got going on, really, isn't it? So we'll leave you with a bit more of this hope stuff. Do you like hope? I like hope. And this is your boy Mick Lynch handing Baroness Jenny Chapman, a Starmer ally, a really close one, you know? Uh, a very close ally of Keir Starmer. Some of the closest... Closer than close. Rosie Gaines close. Closer than you ever could imagine. Close. Um, who are we talking? Has he appeared on? Jacqueline, just before I start this, can you clarify which one you mean? Has he appeared on the Socialist Think Tank podcast? Whom? Whom are we talking of? Um, right. This is Mick Lynch handing asses, kicking ass, taking names, doing Mick Lynch shit, basically. Um, have a deep seat at your boy. Should Labour MPs be on the picket line or not? It's up to an individual Labour MP what they do. I'm not going to tell Kate what she should Did or Keir shouldn't Did Keir Starmer be doing. say to you and other front benchers not to join the picket Keir line? Keir Starmer made it clear 
that for the shadow cabinet, and it was not helpful for us to be on the picket line. And he's absolutely right. We shouldn't be uh, putting ourselves in positions that make this worse. We are getting up every day trying to make lives better for our constituents. All right, well, let's we put that to me in government. Well, let's see if we Nick Lynch agrees with you. What, what, what do you say to what you just heard from Jenny Chapman in terms of what the Labour Party's position is towards these strikes? Well, the Labour Party was founded by the trade unions. In fact, it was founded by my trade union, the original resolution. So that's ironic because we're not affiliated. And one of the reasons we're not affiliated is because Labour politicians since Blair have not identified with working class people. And failing to do that is one of the problems they've got in working class communities. And they've left the door open to populists and others to come into the situation. The Labour Party is about supporting working people, or it should be, not triangular triangulating uh, from uh, opinion makers such as the Daily Mail and the Telegraph and the Times. So they've got to sort out their identity and they've got to come up with a set of policies that are going to relieve working class poverty, are going to give us a stable workplace with good conditions and good minimum standards. That's what the Labour Party should be about. I welcome anyone that wants to join us on our picket lines and show us messages of support. All right. Well, you're if more... Keir Starmer can't do that, that's a, a, th a problem for him, not for us. Jenny? But Keir Starmer wants to be Prime Minister. And in order to get that job, he needs to show that he's the sort of person who wants to resolve these kinds of disputes. And actually, Mick, you don't know anything about my background or my community or where I come from. So, I can't even see you, know, you. I don't even know no, who you are. So there no, you go. well, there you go. So, you know, don't <laughs> tell me who I am and whether or not I'm working class or whatever, any of those sorts of things. I didn't tell you you weren't working class. I don't, I don't even know your name. Well, shouldn't you, Mick? She's, you know, Jenny Chapman. She's on Labour's front bench. Yeah, but I can't see her because I'm sitting in a remote studio. No, I, I know. Who I'm All talking right. to or how Look, many of you there are. That's, that's not really the point. That was from June 2022. I love that clip. I just love the things that come from that clip. And I just wanted to show that again because I like it. And that's what we did. So... One more thing we've got here. Um, it was just on like sort of Twitter and the descent of it, right? So, like basically they've done something with this sort of Twitter blue thing where you can pay for blue ticks. So somebody called at that Bill Oakley, and I've not checked since we went on air as to whether this is actually um, a thing, but he's put woohoo. Now that the New York Times has lost their verification badge, I am the New York Times. He is indeed the New York Times. Uh, he's got a blue tick with New York Times there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what he could be doing if he's any kind of malevolent person? I don't know if that Bill Oakley is, but please go check out what he's been up to. Also, Mr. Cow predicted <laughs> at the very dawn of the Facebook page, by the looks of it, Nigel Farage equals total whopper. True story. On this day eight years ago. That was 3rd of April 2015. Now look at how everything turned out. If only you'd been following there, we could have averted this. That was three likes and one comment. Terrible. This from on this day three years ago. 3rd of April 2020. This is the shittest apocalypse ever, says Milk the Cow podcast. I thought there would at least be some motherships over major cities. There's the UFO one again. We'll get there eventually. But now, trapped in the house, surrounded by curtain twitchers who can't wait to grasp you up to the busies. A walk on the dog is not how I imagined this one would pan out. I'd rather die in a blaze of glory on the cobbles against Tharg of Alpha Centauri than have Gladys of Gateshead Alfie on me via Northumbria Police's Facebook page. This was in reference to... Northumbria police's stasi like move towards like getting everybody to grass everybody else up. 
Um, I understand the times, but like I really didn't think the apocalypse would be so beige, and it continues now. It's beige, really beige, and people just want to go around Alfie and everybody. And um, yeah, it's just really shit, isn't it? You would expect it to be like a big battle, or you know, that's what was sold, but. It's just like this slow death by a thousand cuts, really, isn't it? Because people don't want to seem to actually do anything about any of the shit. Or at least some do, but then they want to sort the joint labor party or something. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not going to show the next bit because it's not very hopeful. But there is hope in the air. Really, there is. Um, in spite of last night, I do think I'm getting better. So I'm hoping that tomorrow will bring... Um, new new health um last night was a savage one i sweat two beds the one behind you the the huffy bed but not really the huffy bed when you're ill and you don't want to wake your partner up so i've sweat that one side of that one I've come through here fallen asleep again i've sweat that side of it i've had toilet issues it's a bad time um don't even know what to tell you anymore it's just went on for a long time but i'm still here and that's that. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll keep trying, won't we? All the best. Um, all right, hold on a minute. David's saying, Hope is getting to watch the heat at Wembley. Um, I'd love it to be me, but I can't justify going. Um, I wasn't going to show you why, but uh, this, um, for those who are listening, um, we've got new data out about COVID, and I cannot, given how ill I've been for so long, also how skint I am as a result of that, I can't justify the expense. Um, and I certainly can't um, risk another COVID infection because, as we see, the amount of infections lead um, a great risk of hospitalization, but a whole like list of potential um, serious secondary illnesses. And given that I've already had one, I'd shingles for a year then I can't go and see my team at Wembley, which utterly sucks at the tell the lads this morning, but can't justify it on any metric, sadly. So the good news is this one will be on the telly, so at least I'll get, get a watch it on the telly instead of listening on the radio to non-league club in it. So, you know, one of them. So bit of a gutter. Um, I'm also a event promoter. And this is the 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 order that I think things should go morally and ethically before I put any any other event on. I need to work on a campaign to get filtration into um into buildings, and then when that happens, I need to put an event on and said building so people who watch and listen to this uh, can come. I don't feel morally and ethically that I can do that until that's a, a case or it's some kind of like safe outdoor event seriously like i research this every day and i try not to be on it all the time with with people and um, because i know you know a lot of people listen to this and whatever but it's bad the situation's horrifying the top of it is as we spoke about last week that uh if we keep getting repeat infections then in two five ten fifteen more years we're going to basically basically what it does it pulls forward end of life illnesses with repeat infections this is stanford medical research it's not me just pulling it out of my ass um it's a fucking problem and um it's going to be a problem going forward especially when you know if you want to look from a human perspective from an economics perspective south korean government are putting them in 
all schools. The Andalusian John uh, have put them in all public transport that they run, and and and. <laughs> it's just I just can't do it. So anyway, I know you were, I was trying to get off, but that's the reason why I'm not going to Wembley. I just don't feel like it's safe. Like that kind of large scale event, traveling on the tube, that kind of shit. Get some filtration system in there, then we're talking. So yeah, that's the one. Thanks for all your kind words as well towards the end there in the comments. Appreciated. Um, I'm just I've got a couple of meetings this afternoon, so I need to get prepared for them and just carry on as if nothing happened last night. And I think that's the method. And eventually I'll wake up one day and I'll just be well. Let's hope so anyway. But um Joanne asked, Do I know have any idea what's going on with you? I um I do, and it's the stuff that I talk about all the time. Um Repeat COVID infections wreck your immune system. That's what this is. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing it on camera in real time. You know, uh, if you watch every day, you know we should have been having guests on by now. But I value our reputation, and I've had to sadly postpone many guests um, where we've been doing this every day because my health's just not right, and it hasn't been for a while. I mean, also as well, um, you know, pretty. If you look at like crashes, road crashes, and that they lower your immune system too. And it's been since then that it went bad, and I was just getting better. But that's a good thing because it shows me that my immune system's like not what I thought it was. So it, I'm not going to take any crazy risks until I'm. Well, I don't to take any crazy risk ever, but I'm not going to take any risks that I consider to be completely irrational, like going to a massive football match like that. Shit, though. Like a club like Gated doesn't really get to Wembley. Trust me, I'm not happy about it, but uh, I can't. Do you know what it is? And I said this to my partner, like the most important things that the most important things for me are my family and being around for them and that. So that's it for me, really. I won't take any Raj risks because I, will, I need to be around for them. Um, so I'm going to have to not. So David's asking, I'll, I'll, we'll be going soon, but can I have a guest by Zoom? I mean, it would just be literally through this, but it's not really about that. It's about being able to like be like, um, give the give the guest justice. Uh, like, the way I look at it is this, right? People are kind enough to give us their time. I need to be like on up to speed, you know, like present and the brain fogs come back and whatever. And I'm just not, I can do this, but I'll go and lie down there afterwards for a while and then start other work and whatever. And that's how it is. That's how it is for a lot of people um, who are in my situation and have been through the things I've been through. And I think I made a decision that I wasn't going to pretend it wasn't happening because the great forgetting is the thing. And um, I, if you don't know what great forgetting is, look at the COVID um, show we did last week. It shows the history of it all. We're living in it now. And I just refuse to participate in any kind of mass delusion. Like, just won't do it. Because it lets down clinically vulnerable people, and by let down, it abandons them. And we're not those people. So anyway, have a great day. I've got to go and prep for my meetings this afternoon for something else that I do. All the best. Much love. See you.